Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia, where it's not nearly as smoky as those of you up the eastern seaboard. Well, it's smoky, but that's because we've got a lot of potheads in the city these days. I, I, you know, just as an aside, can I just say, driving around the city, you can tell, like you can smell when someone's smoking a cigarette. You can tell the number of potheads driving around your cities of America these days. It's stunning how badly it stinks unless, so I was, I actually went to Louisiana to see my parents a while back and uh, had a rental car and clearly someone been hot boxing in the rental car. It, I mean, I could smell it when I got to the parking lot and didn't realize it was my rental car. And it's like midnight and there's no rental car. They left the key for me. I couldn't get it. And I, I finally get to my parents the next day and my mom's like, you ran over a skunk. I said, no, I didn't run over a skunk. You ran over a skunk. I was like, no, I promise it wasn't. And now you smell it everywhere. It's just as an aside. Nonetheless, speaking of air pollution everywhere, there's there's way more than just the smoke out there to worry about. There's other smoke. Speaking of smoke, California residents, you're not going to be able to get all state insurance for your homes anymore. State Farm and Allstate have both decided to pull out of California. No, 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 just listen to me. This is actually a relevant story. They're blaming climate conditions and climate change. Notice that State Farm and Allstate, they're not pulling out of Florida. Hurricane Alley, climate change, the city of Miami sinking, flooding regularly. You can still get Allstate and State Farm. Now, if you're if you're a questioning person, if, if you're a reasonable person, you should want to know, hmm, why is the climate change of Florida not stopping them from selling insurance, but the climate change in California is? If you read the headline and sub-headline from the New York Times, let me read them to you. Here's the headline. Allstate is no longer offering new policies in California. And the subheadline, like State Farm, which announced a similar move last week, Allstate cited worsening climate conditions that made doing business there difficult. Hmm. If you're a critical thinker, you might come away dumber just having relied on the headline. Why? Why? Why would they do this there, but not in Florida? Well, interestingly enough, if you read the article, you have to get several paragraphs in, and you turn out they got real big reasons why. California's largest homeowner insurance provider, State Farm, made a similar decision last week, pointing to rapidly growing catastrophe exposure. All states stopped accepting new policies in the state last year. Oh, so it happened last year. Not even last week, as as you might have thought. We paused new homeowner, condo, and commercial insurance policies in California so we can continue to protect current customers. The cost to insure new home customers in California is far higher than the price they would pay for policies due to 
wildfires, higher costs for replacing homes, and higher reinsurance premiums. They're putting everything on climate change. But if you read a little further into the story, guess what you will find? There's a law in California, the FAIR plan. And that FAIR plan allows the regulation of insurance companies at the state level and what they can and cannot set rates for. And the genius regulators of California have decided that all state is not allowed to raise insurance rates to meet the repair replacement costs that inflation has left. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's pretty damn expensive these days to buy or replace a home. So I, I got a meeting today. I, I, I've got um, my agents in town and, and Charlie was supposed to come down and Charlie's home has a shower leak that has rotted out the floor underneath the shower. And there's a plumber shortage. And he finally was able to get a plumber to show up. So he had to stay home with the plumber so his wife doesn't divorce him. I get it. I totally get been there. Do you know how expensive it is to make these repairs? It's gotten incredibly expensive. We've got to get countertops replaced in our kitchen, and we keep putting it off. It's so expensive. To rebuild a house that could have been replaced for like $150,000 last year, you're talking $250,000, a $100,000 increase to rebuild a house. you got a tree that falls on it. God bless you. Not only will it take you twice as long because we still have supply chain problems and resources are scarce, but the cost is upwards of a 50 to 75% increase to rebuild your house. And California told Allstate, yeah, we're not gonna let you raise rates to be able to cover those costs. You're just gonna have to pay it out of your pocket. Why would you do business in a state like this? The whole idea of insurance is they spread the cost out among all the people. And so that when some of the people have problems, the costs are absorbed by everybody and they're able to, to pay things at a reasonable rate. But when interest goes up, when inflation goes up, when costs go up, when material supplies go down, further increasing costs, they've got to raise rates. And Florida told all state and state farm, you know what? We get it. You're going to have to raise rates. And California said, no, no, surely unicorn farts and giggles will be able to cover the costs for you. You, you, you don't have to raise rates on homeowners. So now you're going to have a lot more homeless people in California. The Babylon Bee is an aside. Did a very funny video the other day. Uh, it, you know the, um, oh, what's the, Charlie, what was the show you were on? Um, the, the homeowner where, where you go out. Yes, Charlie's famous. He was, on the, he was on the show. House Hunters. Yes, thank you. House Hunters. His wife, they did House Hunters. So they, the Babylon Bee did a house hunter sketch the other day in California, and the people wound up being in a in a two-person tent under the interstate bridge. That, that's all they could afford. $400,000 in California got you a tent under the bridge. If you buy a house in California now, you can't buy insurance on your house because it's so expensive. And what, what progressives are doing is they're blaming climate change, and they're blaming climate change to avoid having to blame themselves for the regulatory problems they have created time and time again around the country. Take, for example, the California wildfires. Do you know why they have wildfires in California? By the way, the Native Americans used to call, do you know what they called the, the, the valley area in Los Angeles? the Native Americans, what the historic term is, Smoke Valley. Way before people started going to California to build, way before the invention of the automobile, 
the Los Angeles Valley would fill up with smoke from wildfires, not caused by climate change. This was before anyone even burned a fossil fuel. They had smoke there. They had fires there. They had wildfires there. The Native American population in the area has for hundreds of years called it Smoke Valley because they had forest fires there. And what the Native American populations would do historically for hundreds of years is they would set forest fires. And do you know why? Because if they set them, they controlled them. And if they controlled them, they could burn the underbrush. So when the lightning struck, there was nothing left to burn. And they wouldn't have out-of-control forest fires. It's just what they did. And along comes California and the government and says, you know what? We're going to stop doing controlled burns. And now when the forest fires come, because I don't know if you know this or not, California, it's got desert and and it's got crazy wackadoo environment. You know, the, the funniest thing is in San Francisco, I had to be there. I was running a congressional race one time up there, and the craziest darn thing I'd never even seen this is the like the weather forecast on the TV had like neighborhood weather forecasts. Like it's going to be partly sunny here, and it's going to be really foggy and cold over here. It's the weirdest thing. It's crazy. It's it's gorgeous, but the hippies ruined it, didn't they? Uh, but nonetheless, you you've got this wild weather in California, and you always have. And the Native American populations used to control the forest fires. But on top of that, you got to keep in mind, one of the other things in California is they told uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E, that you've got to convert away from fossil fuel burning uh, power plants to renewable energy, solar and wind. And they gave them a timeline by which they did it, and they imposed penalties if they didn't. And so the geniuses at PG&E had to stop line maintenance in order to rapidly convert to solar and wind because otherwise they weren't going to meet the goal. So when the line maintenance stopped maintaining the lines and the windstorms that always come came and the forest fires that always come came and the drought that always come came, the, the line sparked and they caused more forest fires. And PG&E, which can barely keep it together now, is, is having to pay all these fees and penalties for starting forest fires because they couldn't maintain their lines. Now, if we're honest... And we're intellectually honest with this. The reason California did these things is they wanted to do cost controls. Years and years ago, before I was born, there was this big taxpayer revolt in California. And as I recall it, they, they essentially put in place laws that kept property taxes from going up exorbitantly. So more and more people flooded the state. Property taxes were going up. They had a property tax revolt. And California has systemically over time progressive and Republicans, Ronald Reagan as governor, um, what's his name? Um, Pete, what's his name? The old Republican governor there. Um, yeah. And Pete Wilson, they also maintain cost controls on the citizens of California. The problem, however, is we all know that when you start capping costs, well, that's not really the free market. The free market can't do its thing. With the free market, everyone arrives at a at a fair market decision for prices. When California imposed costs, Republican and Democrat alike did it. The Democrats are just taking it to a whole new level. It's broken the system down to the point that major businesses are now pulling out of that state. And yet they can't, again, bring themselves to acknowledge it's their policy failures. they got to say climate change. In the same way New York City, as I mentioned last hour, is putting in crack pipe vending machines, literal vending machines, for homeless people to get clean crack pipes, heroin needles, and cocaine snort tubes. And I'm not making that up. And they can't bring themselves to acknowledge the policy failures that they themselves have done. For example, shutting down mental health facilities 
and mainstreaming populations into polite society without actually curing people or helping people with their drug uh, drug situations, their mental health situations, their schizophrenia. They let people out onto the streets. It contributes to the problem. And now instead of trying to fix the problem, we're like, well, we'll just give you the crack pipe for free. We'll take away your ability to buy homeowner insurance. We'll drive up your costs and drive you out of state. Is it any wonder that California and New York, two states that for years were the economic engines of this country, have for the last five years seen net population loss? The problem is the people who are staying behind are the ones who don't recognize that they're the ones who broke the state, which means it's only going to get worse, which means a lot of people are going to wind up going to a Texas, a Florida, a Georgia, uh, an Arizona, and at least will not be the people who put in place the policies that broke the states. It'll be the people who realize the states are broken and they're fleeing the madness. In fact, if you will recall the data from, what was it, the 20, 2018 Ted Cruz reelection where he barely won against Beto O'Rourke, it was the transplants into Texas who had a higher percentage rate of voting for Ted Cruz than the native Texans. Because the native Texans, the, the, the Dallasites, the Austinites, the Houstonites, the San Antonio voters, they tend to be more liberal. It's conservatives who are moving into that state, saving it from the natives in the population centers. And they're all coming from California. Bolin Branch uses the finest 100% organic cotton from family farms to your family home. They've got a natural unmatched softness and they get softer with every wash. Those are the highlights that Bull and Branch wants me to tell you about. Let me tell you about my experience as a longtime customer. Every single room in our house has Bull and Branch sheets. Why? Because they don't pill up over time. Uh, you know, some that they, they get a little like like pill of whatever they call it, and, and they get rough. They don't. They get softer every single wash, and they last. They don't wear out. You don't have fraying threads. They just are fantastic, and they really, really do get softer the more you wash them, and they hold up over time. We love them in our house. They've got the perfect weight. They feel kind of snuggly, but you don't get hot in the summertime under them, but you stay warm in the wintertime. It's just, it's it's perfect. I love these sheets. Get 15% off your first order of and Brand Sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com, that's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You will love these sheets as much as everybody in my family does. We got them on all five beds in the house. You can too. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. We got some folks on the phones. I guess I should take phone calls. <laughs> all right. I, I, I see this note from Charlie on this call from Matt. All right, Matt, welcome to the show. Eric, how you doing, my friend? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, first and foremost, thoughts, positive energy, and most of all, prayers to you and your family, and especially your wife. Please tell Thank her to keep much. fighting the good fight. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Well, uh, good and bad. I've lived in, I lived in Colorado for 34 years, uh, mostly the Denver metro area, and like me, I know you like to eat, so I've got a couple good restaurants. If you're out there and you got the time, you got to go check them out. All right, so give us all the names, but I, I then I'll tell you the, the problem. <laughs> no, okay. Well, the first one for Italian, you got to go to the Odyssey. Uh, very authentic. It's old school. There's mafia ties to the restaurant. Uh, amazing food. That's always Mexican a good food. You got to Mexican food. You got to go to the Blue Bonnet Cafe. Just south of downtown, so as you're heading down Broadway, 
hold your nose because about every 10 feet is a dispenser area and everybody's smoking out there. All right. And then if you like, if you like exotic food, uh-huh. and what I mean by exotic is uh, exotic game meat. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called the it's called the fort. It's nestled up in the foothills, and they've got everything from your basic cow to wild yak from Africa. <laughs> they they've got everything, and it's absolutely amazing. I want to eat endangered species. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they may or may not have that. You may have to slip someone, uh, Benjamin yeah. Franklin. Okay, so now some of you are wondering what the heck is this. So I, I just happened to mention, Matt, good, good call on you. I got to be in Colorado this weekend for conference. So I finally got my schedule, Matt, and here's the problem. I land at Denver time midnight Saturday morning, and I am oh. back on a plane again by noon on Saturday morning. Saturday oh, afternoon. Well, you can still go hit something. <laughs> <laughs> there's something. Oh, yeah, there, there's a lot. What, you can hit the dispensaries, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, what part Good of town Lord. are you staying in? Uh, staying downtown at the convention center. Oh, okay. So th- you're, ah, uh, yeah. You're, you're in the heart. So stay away from 16th Street Mall. Yeah. It oh, yeah, a, yeah. Uh, I heard about that one. It's a, uh, it's a feces show. It's it's not far behind what San Francisco's got going on. God, yeah, you know, so a buddy of mine who lives out there was actually telling me about this a while back, that uh, if if all the claims made by the, the people who are opposed to drug legalization in, in Colorado is like, if we could just, like, find all of those clips and package them with a scene of that area of Denver and realize everything they said is coming true— um, it, it's sad, uh, and man, Colorado yeah. is such a gorgeous state. It it is. It 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 still is beautiful. I tell people when because I moved out here about two and a half years ago, a new grandbaby and sick parents. So we we packed up and and headed this way. But you know, they always ask me why'd you leave, and I'm like, well, you know, that's the reason. But I, I miss the mountains. The mountains were absolutely a, a beautiful sight, and they all heck. Just last weekend, got six inches of snow up in Vail. Gosh. So you, 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 you never know. But uh, uh, good luck to you. Have a safe trip. Thank you. And uh, one other note, uh, I was a hardcore Trump fan. Not anymore. I'm all about DeSantis. I like Pence, but I think we need some new young blood in office. So well, that's look, my two I, cents. I appreciate it a ton. Thank you, Matt, very much. Uh, the rest of you, be, be patient. I will get to you, 877 before I get to break, and by the way, when we come back, Mike Pence just announced his campaign. I, I'll try to get some audio of that. Before I go away, though, uh, I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. I have been helping AFP since I was a blogger at Red State back in 2006, 2007. They were one of the first groups who recognized the potential of the online right to grow and become a political force in the country. And they really helped bring to life the Tea Party movement, so much so that uh, liberals claimed the Tea Party movement was funded by the Koch brothers when it really wasn't. It was organic. But uh, AFP really helped. And AFP has been longtime committed to small government. Uh, at the local, state, and federal level, and they train up activists to be able to engage respectfully, politely, and articulately with government officials to even know the arguments better than the people in government. They have a great activist group around the country, over 30 chapters. You might be able to help them start one in your state or join one, and you might be able to get a job with them as an activist in your state. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K 
team up with them, learn to be a better activist in your state. It's a great opportunity. Hello there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. The former vice president of the United States of America, Mike Pence, is declaring he is running for president of the United States. He is in Iowa. Here's some of it. I often think of that verse that King David wrote. Who am I? And who is my family that you brought me this far? You know, I truly do believe in the boundless potential of every American to live the American dream. But traveling around this country over the past two years since I left office, it feels different, doesn't it? Talking to our fellow Americans, I see weariness on faces everywhere I go. And I hear it in their voices. I don't have to tell any of you here. This country's in a lot of trouble. President Joe Biden and the radical left have weakened America at home and abroad. The confidence and pride that once lifted the American spirit to new heights not so long ago has given way to fear and a growing angst that our best days might be in the past. In many ways, our country has grown barely recognizable than just a few short years ago. There are crises everywhere. Our borders under siege. Inflation's at a near 40-year high. Gas prices are through the roof. Fertilizer and fuel prices are working a hardship on family farms here in Iowa and Indiana and all across the country. Crime is skyrocketing in our major cities. Real wages are falling and our national debt is piling up like a mountain range on our children and grandchildren. And that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened the enemies of freedom around the world. And maybe worst of all, Timeless American values are under assault every day. In classrooms, our children are indoctrinated into radical ideologies and even taught to hate our history. And from boardrooms, our faith and beliefs are insulted routinely. While government agencies target concerned parents and punish consumers in the name of social justice. We're better than this. This country has been so good to my family, and I've been honored to serve it. We both have. And it'd be easy to stay on the sidelines. That's not how I was raised. I've long believed that to whom much is given, much will be required. That's why today, before God and my family, I'm announcing that I'm running for president of the United States of America. That's Mike Pence. He's in Iowa on the campaign trail. He also uh, confronted the Trump issue on January 6th. Given our record, it might be fair to ask why I'm challenging my former running mate. Let me say from my heart, it begins with a promise that I made to the American people and to Almighty God. And it ends with different visions for the future of our nation and our party. January 6th was a tragic day in the life of our nation. 
But thanks to the courage of law enforcement, the violence was quelled, and we reconvened the Congress the very same day to complete the work of the American people under the Constitution of the United States. As I've said many times, on that fateful day, President Trump's words were reckless. They endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol. But the American people deserve to know that on that day, President Trump also demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution. Now voters will be faced with the same choice. I chose the Constitution, and I always will. Well, there you have it. Standing ovation there of the crowd. I chose the Constitution. President Trump asked me to choose between him and the Constitution, and I chose the Constitution. I have said, you know what, let me let me fire up this recorder here so I can get this out there. Philip will be happy. I have said all along, and I have stood by it, that Mike Pence has a more difficult challenge than any other candidate for the Republican nomination in that he must answer a question that really even Nikki Haley doesn't have to answer, but Pence does. Why you, not him? Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana, got picked as Donald Trump's running mate to be vice president of the United States, really brought evangelicals, gave evangelicals pause. One of the stories not told in 2016 is I, I wasn't a Trump supporter, and Pence did an event in middle Georgia and arranged to schedule the fly-in early to meet privately with me to hear my concerns and try to convince me to come their way, and, and I couldn't do it at the time. I, I did later. Uh, I love Pence. Pence has been a friend for a long time, but I, I just couldn't pull the trigger on that. But he became Donald Trump's vice president, elevated to the second highest office in the land by Donald Trump. So he's got to answer something. Even Nikki Haley, who was a U.N. ambassador for Trump, doesn't have to answer. Why you, not your boss? And we have the answer now from Mike Pence today. Because on that day, January 6th, President Trump demanded I choose between him and the Constitution. Now voters will be faced with the same choice. I chose the Constitution, and I always will. Whether you choose to vote for Mike Pence or not, do not question the man and his principles. He's got them. And he's willing to fight this fight. And that is his answer. Why you and not Donald Trump, Vice President Pence? Because Donald Trump wants me and you to choose him over the Constitution. And I said no to him and yes to the Constitution. Whether you like him or not, there's your answer. He has answered the question, and he's done it in a, in a good way. Mike Pence is a former talk radio show host. He believes in the power of telling stories, and that's a heck of a story to tell. That on that day, January 6th, President Trump endangered his family and asked Mike Pence to choose Trump over the Constitution. And Mike Pence chose the Constitution over Trump and now chooses to campaign for president against Trump on behalf of the Constitution. You can disagree with him. You can say he's wrong. But that's him. Man of character, man of conviction, running for president of the United States. Now, a little more here from him. Uh, this is him 
talking about uh, Wall Street and environmental social uh, governance standards. So the first step to turning America around is ending this disastrous presidency. So here in Iowa, we must resolve that Joe Biden will never be reelected as president of the United States. Big standing ovation there from his crowd. All right, all right, all right. We must elect a new Republican president. We'll chart a course for our nation guided by our timeless principles. You know, the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And what's true of a people is also true of nations. Well, ours will be a vision that's grounded in freedom. We will rebuild our military and make it fitted to the times to defend our freedom in an ever more turbulent world. We will end political correctness at the Pentagon and we will give our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines and coast guard the support they need to defend this nation and come home safe. All right. I'm skipping through the applause. In lower taxes. We'll extend the historic tax relief of the Trump-Pence administration. We'll give the American people freedom from excessive federal regulations and get back to repealing two federal regulations for every new rule that we put on the books. We'll end Joe Biden's trillion-dollar spending spree that's driving inflation making life more expensive for every American, and will set our nation back on a path to a balanced budget and make America's government follow the model of families by living within its means. We'll offer common sense and compassionate solutions to the debt crisis facing our children and grandchildren, and we'll free future generations from a mountain range of debt. And that's back to where we were. Uh, Mike Pence uh, saying we, we'll break up the unholy alliance between Wall Street and big government, forcing radical ESG policies on the private sector. American families will have a champion of the White House, will give parents the freedom to choose where their children go to school. You know, one thing you got to note about this is, is this is all quintessential conservative policy. You're not getting a populist agenda with Mike Pence. You're getting a, a very traditional old school conservative agenda. Now, whether the party wants that or not, I, I have my suspicions it doesn't. It wants the culture war fight. If he can figure out a way to weave that through, maybe he gets a buzz. Also, what does this do to DeSantis? A lot of people, the DeSantis people in particular, say Mike Pence can't win. All he can do is drag DeSantis down. I don't know. We'll see. I'm honestly fascinated by the entire dynamic uh, of Mike Pence getting in and Chris Christie getting in as well. And, and Doug Burgum, nobody knows who he is, but he's getting in. But this may be it. I am told fairly reliably Glenn Youngkin is not expected to get in, the governor of Virginia. Uh, nor Brian Kemp from Georgia is expected to get in. So we may now have the field with Doug Burgum's entry and Mike Pence and Chris Christie this week. We may have the final field of the GOP. Uh, I, I still don't understand why Larry Elder is running, and, and there's that Johnson guy, self-funding. Nobody knows who he is. He apparently has a show on Newsmax or something or buying time on Newsmax. I don't know. Um, that guy's in. Um, he, he's not polling. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes up. Now, there is some breaking news I want to deliver to you. 
Uh, but I got to do this somewhat delicately because of, well, the multiple contradictions out there. A report has surfaced in the last few minutes that the Department of Justice is preparing to indict Donald Trump for his handling of classified documents. Maggie Haberman at the New York Times is reporting Donald Trump has told her he is not being told about getting indicted. The report out there says the Trump team has been told to expect an imminent indictment. Donald Trump is denying this. He says it's not true and he has done nothing wrong. Jonathan Swan, who is at the New York Times, is reporting that the New York Times believes that an indictment is likely and likely to happen soon. So this is the news that's swirling, and I want to get through this and explain it to you before I leave the air today because it's going to blow up overnight, I'm sure. There are reports circulating that President Trump will be imminently indicted on the classified document charge. According to the reports, Donald Trump and his team have been told an indictment is imminent. Donald Trump himself is denying this. He says he did nothing wrong, has not been told about an indictment, and does not think an indictment is coming. Separately, the New York Times reporters are saying, based on their resources and sources and staff and reporting, that an indictment is imminent probably next week. So what do we have here? Trump denies any knowledge of a pending indictment, says he's done nothing wrong, and multiple media outlets say that based on their information, they believe one is coming. So Donald Trump has not been indicted. He denies he will be indicted, denies any knowledge of a pending indictment, and reporters this afternoon, as of course we're about to head out the door for the day, are starting to say the rumors are that an indictment is coming. We will see how it plays out over the next week. But yeah, the reports are that uh, within the next week, one possibly could be coming. Appears a grand jury has been meeting in Florida that no one knew about as well. So more of this, as soon as I learn details, I'll let you know. It's one reason you should text DATA to 33777. Subscribe to my email because I can get you there day or night if something breaks and get you as informed as possible. So you should subscribe, text DATA to 33777. Now, let me tell you, I want to talk to you if you've got a small business. If you've got a small business, I know as a small business, I am my IT department. I have to, I got to figure out all the stuff, but you don't have to, you don't have to be like me. You can get your computers from Vision Computers. And if you can't have an IT department, Vision can be your IT department because your employees will get Vision Computers number and they can call Vision Computer and Vision Computer can take care of their email problems, their printer problems, their technical problems. Many times they can even just remote into the computer and fix it. And your employees can get back to work. They make you more productive and they save you time. And you do not have to hire an IT department because you got Vision Computer on your side. Uh, if you want to try this out, if you want them to build your computers, tell them what you need. They'll build you a computer that's going to last for you and make it upgradable so you're not constantly rebuying computers over the years. They can build you computers that last. Vision Computers, visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Call them and ask for the Eric Erickson special. You won't even see it on the website. 404-COMPUTE. Now, listen, those of you in my affiliate Salem, Oregon, you can call Vision Computer, and they can get you set up as well. Those of you in my affiliate, Kalispell, Montana, 
You can call Vision Computer. They're in Georgia, but they can take care of your needs. They'll build you what you need, and they can be your IT resource as well. Call them at 404-COMPUTE anywhere nationwide. 404-COMPUTE. Call Vision Computers. Let them be your computer department. If you got it for home, you need one for your home. We just got Vision Computer to build our son a gaming PC. They can help you at your home as well, your office as well, and give you incredible IT. All right, I want to I, I want to clarify this a little more for you. Let me just read you a series of tweets from Maggie Haberman. This is breaking news happening. Uh, some of Donald Trump's uh, supporters and outside groups are beginning to push a story that the Trump team has been told to expect an indictment next week on classified documents. Here's what Maggie Haberman from the New York Times says. Uh, she talked to Donald Trump. He tells me minutes ago he has not been told he's getting indicted when contacted. It's not true, he said, adding again he's done nothing wrong. Trump's statement came amid a report from one of his allies that he had been told this. The New York Times, CNN, The Washington Post, and other outlets have all reported federal officials have been building towards a likely indictment, including with witnesses in Miami before a grand jury today. Now, Jonathan Swan of the New York Times has come out and said that uh, they are led to believe, based on information and sources, that an indictment is imminent uh, within the next week or so. It is something called the Calvin Coolidge Project on Twitter that has pushed out, among other sources, that an indictment is coming next week. Trump, again, denies this is the case. So you can take it for what you will. Uh, Take it for what you will whether or not that's going to happen. But uh, the New York Times and other outlets believe something is happening based on the classified documents. It's only been discovered in the last week or two that there is a federal grand jury meeting in Miami. Now, here's my guess on the federal grand jury in Miami. Donald Trump is now a resident of Florida. Uh, The FBI interaction with Trump came in Florida. The documents were in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. If you're going to indict the man, your venue needs to be in Florida. And if your venue, that is where you sue someone or charge someone with a crime, if that needs to be in Florida, then your investigation needs to be there as well. So they started it in the District of Columbia. It's actually pretty easy to take a grand jury, reconvene one in a different state, bring in all the evidence the other one collected, and give a summation to the new grand jury. It's not a hard thing to do, particularly at the federal level. And that appears to be what's happened is they've moved the venue to Florida. There's a grand jury now wrapping up apparently in Miami no one knew about. It does sound like something's coming sooner rather than later. I suspect all it will do is drive up Donald Trump's poll numbers again as people circle the wagons. But how much can he afford multiple indictments and lawyers and the like? We'll see.